Charlie, I believe you're doing the intro. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, let's what if see. That was the intro? <laughs> no, no. Just, just one second. I'm Isaiah. Welcome. <laughs> what? No. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Welcome to the No Air Dash Zone. Oh, nice. Welcome to the actually four air dashes zone. <laughs> Welcome to the I can't believe it's not Magneto Zone. <laughs> Luckily, you can't do them diagonally. Welcome to the Sonic can jump higher than anyone else in the game zone. Welcome to Tails is a little bitch. Sonic can actually jump, like, jump in air quotes, like, nine times in this game. <laughs> Yeah, Sonic's great, but we'll have to talk about him later on the Sonic podcast that we are currently doing. <laughs> Where my name is Steven. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Charlie. I just did that terrible intro. No, it was all right. It's better than the one I always do. Where I'm just like, welcome to the no spin dash zone. And then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're playing Sonic Boom, Shattered Crystal, the good one that came out that one year. This is just another Dimps game. It makes me so happy. It's not oh, Dimps, snap. But... It's Dimps. Yeah, it's made by a uh, uh, monkey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sarazuna. Is that right? Yeah. No, it's Sa um, San Zaru. San Zaru. That sounds all right. It's got a monkey on it. It's got a minus plus eyes. <laughs> I believe it translates to three monkeys. So it's San it Zaru. Like each needs on and then Zaru is, is monkey. That's right. But not Dimps, but like it might as well have been made by Dimps. Is like, did the did the Dimps people become Sanzaru? You know what? I'm gonna look it up. I think Dimps is still around though. Uh, let's see. I don't think so. It doesn't look like it at least. Uh, I mean, they had like numbers for 2020. They released Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission in 2019. So they like, made Dimps the fourth Sly Cooper. Did they? Oh did snap. They? They worked on Street Fighter V? Yeah, they worked on Street Fighter V, apparently. Um, but yeah, Dimps, very prominent. Uh, and then Sanzaru just looks like to be like another Sega situation, right? What do you mean? Like they're just Sega, like, basically licensed out. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Sonic Boom is in general. Yeah. Sonic Boom as a series is just not managed by Sega at all, which I think is an interesting decision. I mean, it's not the first time that they've just outsourced, like, a game series, but, like... To do that with Sonic seems odd. They did, however, get absorbed by Facebook. No, because, like, I mean, Sonic Advance was a whole series developed by Dimps, right? But this is the first time that it's been, like, here's a whole separate canon developed by somebody else. But that makes more sense than yeah. giving, like, a segment of Sonic canon to Dimps. That's true. I, I guess that's fair. Anyway, we're playing the game, and it's surprisingly <laughs> good. Like, it just plays a lot like a, like a DS Game Boy Advance era 2D Sonic game, except that, like, it's a little more forgiving. It's different. And it's got, like, Metroidvania elements. Yeah, for better or for worse. I think it's, a, at the very least, refreshing. It's, it is certainly refreshing. It feels like it's the first handheld Sonic game I've enjoyed in a while. 
I would say this game doesn't feel like a Sonic game, but unlike in Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric had been as Sonic as possible and still a shitty game, wouldn't you have liked it less? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I do not know the answer oh, to that Oh, no, question. but you're the one who just likes Sonic games no matter how bad they are as opposed to non-Sonic games no matter how bad they are, right? Um, that sounds like me, yeah. Because <laughs> we had the, like, Sonic 2 for the Game Gear situation. <laughs> Where it's like, look, it's a shit-tier game, but at least it's, like, actually Sonic, unlike Labyrinth, which is just some kind of, That's like, right, yeah. Fart nightmare. I remember that discourse in season one of our show. <laughs> I personally like bad but different as opposed to bad and samey. <laughs> I, I guess I prefer bad but spiritually consistent. Spiritually consistent? That's how I, that's how I would phrase it, yeah. I mean, it's like a reboot, so it, no matter what, I don't think it was beholden to the rules of Sonic in any particular way. Honestly, the game felt more Sonic-y to me than I expected. I, I definitely think it felt more Sonic-y than uh, Lies of... Lies of Lyric, Jesus. Uh, than Rise of Lyric. Rise uh, of Lyric feels super Sonic-y. <laughs> but dump dump <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Steven, say some things about the game. <laughs> Alright, well... The thing we're going to open with is, so this game, the the first cutscene that you start up whenever you make a new file, it involves Amy getting kidnapped, which is incredibly unfortunate, and I've got a lot of things to say about that. But by Lyric, we get to by the that, way, who Sonic does not know, but he is not a statue, so it's really weird continuity. Yeah, I yeah. don't think this game is directly related to Rise of Lyric. Yeah, just like how the Rise of Lyric is basically not related to the TV show. Well, except that those events could happen one after the other. They just don't need to. Whereas these two games, Rise of Lyric and Shattered Crystal, need to have not happened for the other one to make sense. Yeah, they are mutually exclusive in terms of canon. Yeah, whereas like the show could follow either of these games, I think. I just wanted a Sonic Boom cinematic universe. Well, now you have Sega's version of a cinematic universe where Blaze is both from the future and a different dimension. I think I think it's really strange, though, to be like, hey, here's a separate canon with, like, redesigned characters, but, like, the first two games we're going to release already are not compatible with each other narratively. But that's, like, such a Sega move, right? So, like, we haven't just, we haven't just created a separate canon. We've created two separate canons that are very similar to each other. This feels incredibly Sonic-y to me, because this exact same thing happens with stuff like the Sonic Advance, like, half-continuities, and, like, Sonic Battle and Sonic Heroes, and, like, Shadow the Hedgehog. Like, they all make these little plot, plot threads <laughs> that just completely fuck each other up, and then Sonic 06 comes along, and you kind of can't tell if it's supposed to be real or not. <laughs> and then we get Sonic Rivals, and it's like, it's just a mess. Like, Blaze is canonically from the future, but she's also canonically from another dimension. Yeah, in the game she's introduced in, she's from a different dimension, but then every subsequent game pretends that she is friends with Silver and from the future. <laughs> Except for Sonic Rush Adventure, which yeah, tries to reaffirm that she's from a different dimension. The sequel that I, I believe comes out after Sonic 06. Mm -hmm. Like, re-retcons her. <laughs> it's, it's... Not it, great. It debt cons her. Honestly, though, I think if you treat it as console games are connected to each other and handheld games are connected to each other, all the problems are solved. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So this is the handheld continuity of Sonic <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Amy gets kidnapped at the beginning, and that's a whole bag of rocks that I'm going to talk about in a minute. And then 
the the goal of this game initially is to just go and get Amy back and figure out what's going on. Yeah. But as soon as you finish the first level, you're able to go to this little area that's called like Sonic's Shack. And in that shack, you can read a comic. And this comic gives you a little bit more background information about what's going on in the game. So this is like a 30 panel comic. You read it panel by panel as if you were flipping pages. And it's got like a bunch of these goofy jokes, but a lot of it is just setting up the lore of this universe. So Lyric was part of an ancient race. I think he was like part of their race, right? Uh, part of yeah. an ancient race, or at least part of some kind of ancient council. Yeah, like an ancient society of some sort. Yeah. And these, this group of individuals has access to these powerful crystals, the MacGuffin or whatever you want to call it. And Lyric wants that. So they like seal him away, basically. And then they break apart their crystal. They shatter it, if you will. <laughs> and then t- in order to like slow him down, because they know he's so powerful that he'll get out of their spells or whatever eventually, they they move it across the whole like planet so that it's more difficult to collect the shattered crystal. And then we smash cut to the present day. Or Do they show you the, the shadow thing first? Yeah. Okay. So we see that like shadow tried to go and interact with Lyric because Shadow is all about justice and, and the way of the night or whatever. And he, like, runs up on Lyric, and then Lyric says, oh, are you joining my army? And Shadow says no. And then Lyric mind controls him. Yeah, so he, Shadow is joining his army. He, like, puts a mind control helmet on him. Yeah, like a three-pronged mind control thing. And he actually put the same thing on Amy in the beginning of the, of the game cutscene. And then you see that, like, Actually, I don't remember exactly the progress of events after that. You just basically see Sonic and his friends hanging out for a little while. I think they save Sticks. That's what happens. They save Sticks from, like, a robot. And this is the first time we see Sticks in the game if you only play the first level. And Sticks is, like, this badger lady that has a boomerang and wears, like, ripped up cloth instead of the clothes that Amy has. Yeah. And, and I mean, everyone else is naked, so it's it, it's a really weird juxtaposition. What's the what's the wild kid from Wild Thornberries? Darwin? No, Darwin's the, I'm pretty sure Darwin's the primate. Oh, you're talking monkey. about the like the child. Larry? The, <laughs> like the feral child, like he's like Gal from Final yeah. Fantasy 6. No, I know, but like I don't remember his name. Is it not Larry? <laughs> Hold on a second. I have to look this up. I I have a clear image in my head of who you're talking about. Despite Donnie. absolutely hating that, Donnie, show. not Larry. Okay, but yeah, he, like you see where I got Larry from. Yeah, <laughs> I I was pretty sure it started with a D, just like Darwin. But that's why I got confused. But yeah, she she's I I like her a lot because she's obsessed with conspiracy theories and is also <laughs> just like completely backwards in her logic process. Yeah, but she's a good friend of Amy's, and that's like. That's about it. She's like these three things. She really likes Amy. She's very confused about the order of things. And then she also thinks that, like, mole men are trying to brain control everyone. It's hilarious. It kind of feels like, often it feels like very, like, non-sequitur random humor. But, like, I think after a while you learn, oh, no, she's just crazy. Like, that's it. This is logic that adds up to her, and it seems consistent instance to instance that she's present. Yeah. Like, I never felt like she was being out of character, even if the things she was saying were complete nonsense. Yeah. She seems like the type that you would be talking about, like, what to do for lunch on Wednesday, and she would start talking about vapor trails. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly right. And I do, I do think it's very funny, actually, that we have a conspiracy theorist character in Sonic the Hedgehog. 
Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Because this is also like... In this plot, there is literally a 1,000-year-old conspiracy of, like, an ancient snake man who has been, like, frozen in time but will unfreeze to take over the world. Yeah, and people actually genuinely conspired against him. Yeah. There is a secret organization that wears hoods and makes decisions for the betterment <laughs> of society. And she's over here like, the ladybug people are going to take over the world. <laughs> That sounds implausible until you consider what is actually true. Yeah, if you switch Ladybug with Echidna, then she's yeah. just talking about the Archie comics. <laughs> so it becomes reasonable a little bit. But at the very <laughs> least, it becomes hilarious. So Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, and Amy all help save Styx from a robot of lyrics that's trying to mess with her for some reason. And then Amy mentions that she wants to go and like further study the, these ruins that she's been looking at. And she asks Knuckles to go along with her. And Knuckles is like, sure. And then he's being super annoying. He's just asking her if they're there yet through like the course of three different panels. <laughs> and then <laughs> she tells Knuckles, hey, it'd be really important if you like stood here and kept watch on like this opening while I go in to look further. And he's like, gotcha, boss. <laughs> and then Amy wanders into the ruins. And this is how the story opens. Like, Amy is in the ruins, and she gets captured by Lyric, and that's the opening cutscene that you see. I, th I think it's great, because I didn't read this comic until after I interacted with Knuckles. <laughs> so the, the cutscene that plays when you are when you meet Knuckles is, he's like, oh, Amy Amy told me to stand guard here, so I've been I've been staying here. And I was like, oh, yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. You're guarding, I don't know what you're guarding, but, like, whatever. Uh, and then I read the comic, and I'm like, oh, no, Amy told him to stand guard because she was getting annoyed with him and wanted to like find a way to keep him busy yeah mm -hmm. and he's potentially been there for like six or seven hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually extremely funny and this comic was produced by the archie team so it's actually a very professionally done comic it looks incredibly nice and i think we also had like a comic book style in sonic chronicles dark brotherhood and that was yeah. all right but this, you can clearly tell, was done by people who had decades upon decades of experience with comics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks really nice. It's paced really well. It's actually written. Yeah, like the dialogue and stuff is, is funny. And the, the characters come through well, even in this short. If you tried to put this onto like an issue, it would only be like, what, like 10 pages long, I think was what they said. I think, I think it said two pages. Four pages. It was four pages. Oh, four pages, yeah. But it's like 30 separate strips, and each strip contains, like, one fully fleshed out idea, so it actually is paced very quickly. Yeah. And I think it does a great job of introducing you to the game. So it's very unfortunate that it's handled in this way that makes it unlikely that most people will ever read this comic. Yeah. Because it's, it's the third thing you can look at in a list of three things. One of which is the cutscenes you've already watched, the second is the music you've already listened to. <laughs> which I have to say is a little <laughs> underwhelming. I liked the music better than a lot of the games we've been playing recently. <laughs> All right. I mean, maybe maybe it's better than the Olympic games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then and then the third is and by the way, this menu doesn't have text explaining these three things. It, it just has icons. It does. It it tells you up front the things you can do here are listen to music, watch movies or read a comic. I don't know. <laughs> it literally has text. Uh, but I, I I missed it, I guess. <laughs> uh, and so presumably so will many, many other players. I, I don't think it's... I don't know. 
I don't know how to like figure out what makes a player that will read this comic and what makes a player that won't. Because to me, it's just like when I play a game, I want to see everything it has to offer, even down to the options menu, you know? Well, and I, I think to a certain extent, they're sort of like honing in on their target demographic because this game is very largely about exploration. Um, yeah. At yeah. the very least, that's a core component to the game, uh, which you don't necessarily need to do, but you need to do it at least a little bit because of some progress gates. Um, so so you need to explore to find this comic within the menus. I would hesitate to call it exploring. You need to hit the <laughs> A button on one node on the map and then click the most interesting thing in that menu as opposed to immediately leaving that menu. <laughs> but like, okay, so in a list of three things where the first two don't interest me, I'm I'm already skimming by the time I get to the third thing. So it doesn't that's necessarily... So sh- that's like... You don't even have ADHD. <laughs> That's such a short attention span. You're like, eh, don't care, don't care. I'm already not reading the third one. Don't yeah, care, it. don't care, and I probably won't care, so I'm going to stop right now. That's so dismissive. Do you think any of that <laughs> has to do with the fact that you thought you weren't going to like this game going in? Uh, I definitely thought I would not like this game going in. I think that probably plays a factor. I just knew I would like it more than the last game, <laughs> and that it wouldn't crash my console. <laughs> Did you go to Sonic's check, Charlie? Uh, I did when you told me to. I just, I just figured it was just gonna be a bunch of stuff that I'd already seen, so I was just gonna like skip it. So you, you were like one step ahead of Isaiah. You didn't even go to the shack. The first, <laughs> the first two things are things you've already seen. Yeah, but you read all three. You go into a room and you're like, "What's in the room?" You don't look at wall one. Oh, it's a blank wall. Wall two. Oh, it's a blank wall. Better about face without looking at the third wall and just bail. <laughs> Imagine if you played Zelda dungeons like that. I guess, like, it's it's funky to me that you go, okay, we've got the opening cutscene, and then the first level, and then a shack where you have two things you've seen before, and then one thing that is a prequel to the opening cutscene. It's like, it feels buried in a menu, and it's a small menu, but, like, you do have to navigate through the, like, stage selection process, then go to Sonic Shack, and you have to care enough to read the whole paragraph describing what Sonic Shack is. The whole paragraph? It's a sentence. Yeah, but it's it's on a DS, so it takes, like, four different lines. You so clearly did not give two shits about the shack before you even went to it. Yeah, that's true. So, if it had said concept art, <laughs> unlockable characters, and a comic, you wouldn't have checked it out. We're, we're 20 minutes in. Let's talk about the gameplay. I could talk about this comic for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's but instead... Panels. Which, by the way, I will say, the comic, I think, is an excellent char- like characterization of Styx. Probably yeah. better than the first time you see her in the game. Well, the first time you see her in the game is in the comic. Okay, so the basic <laughs> gameplay is like a, I would say, more traditional 2D platformer than Sonic. Sonic's typical 2D platformer. Well, I think it's just closer designed to Sonic's, like, 2 and 3. I guess so. Because it's all about looking in nooks and crannies to find big rings, except the big rings are actually interesting in this case. Damn. God. <laughs> I mean, the, the rings are about as... Uh, sorry, the crystals are about as interesting as big rings, minus, like, the mini games. But, like, the uh, the blueprints are actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is a nice you can get upgrades for, like, your regular gameplay through collecting. Yeah. There is a There is a run fast button. But if you don't hit that button, you're you're gonna go much slower than you're probably used to Sonic moving. Yeah, it's like um, Sonic Lost World. It's almost like boosting, 
but you can't hurt enemies, but you can break little, like, background elements, I guess, is what I'd call them. Like tiny obstacles. Foreground yeah. elements, yeah. I would say most of the stage doesn't really want you holding down that button. Um, I although, save. actually, actually, I think on a second playthrough, you can get away with it most of the time. You uh, also, as Sonic, if you spin dash and then just keep holding forward, you don't need to hold the run button. You'll constantly be running out of the spin dash. Yeah, yeah I, I think, like, when you start running, you maintain that speed whether you're holding the button or not. I don't know if that's true for every character, but that might be true for Sonic himself. I know that I'm, I know that's true if you hit a speed boost, that's the case. Well, those are also canned animations, usually. That's you true. can't stop running fast during those. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so something that is definitely different from every other Sonic game is on the lower screen you have a map that you don't just have access to the map, you fill out the map as you explore the world. Uh, and there's actually a percentage in the corner that tells you how much of the map has been filled out. It's, um, like, clearly informed by Metroidvania design elements. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there are a bunch of collectibles. I think there are ten collectibles in every stage, which are... Well, no, it's it's eleven, um, because you have six blueprints and five uh, shards, and we'll talk it, about those later. There's also other items that you can find... And I think the reason that's worth noting is that when you get collectibles, the next run through the level, they're replaced with similar items that you can find. Yeah, so there are, like, yeah. more than 11 capsules hidden around. It's just some of those capsules happen to be more special than others on your first playthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll have 10 rings or a shield. Yeah. Um, Isn't there something else you can get? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I thought there was, but maybe I'm just thinking of more crystals and stuff. Yeah, because the crystals are in containers initially, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. I knew there was three capsules you could bust, but one of them is just significantly more important. Than well, also, the blueprints are coming capsules as well. I thought they were in, like, boxes. No, they're they're in capsules. Weird. They're all in capsules, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Very Sonic Boomized uh, capsules. And most of the time, most of the time, the, the collectibles in the stage are, like, hidden in a place where, like, you can sort of, like tell the difference between the main path and the side path and the side path will almost always have a collectible in there and if it doesn't have a collectible i feel like it's very hard to tell especially the further you get in the game i will say it probably gets harder later in the game it to me it felt more like there were just always two paths in a very sonic way like you could go left or right in this case it's not up and down yeah but like going left will take you in a circuitous route to the top of the area, and then you'll go over the mm-hmm. primary path, and then going right will take you down the primary path. Yeah. Right. Well, and usually, usually finding a dash panel is a good indicator because sometimes you can. This game has a problem where, like, it is Metroidvania-like, but like, if you don't know where you're supposed to go, you might like go into a little point of no return. Like, you might stomp through a path that like you can't go back through, or you dig through a knuckles hole that leaves you sideways, and like. It gets a little annoying. Like, there's some levels where, like, whenever you hit use a slingshot, which the game has, uses the touchscreen. Yeah, basically, like, levels are broken up into segments, and each segment is, like, bookended by a slingshot. And yeah. if you don't want to finish the segment, you just don't go through the slingshot. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like Triple Deluxe, where there's, like, two different planes of existence, Is that, but you just don't see the other one clearly in the distance when you're on the other one. Because well, sometimes yeah. you'll you'll go from one level to another area, and then you'll realize, oh, this collectible that I saw on my map is now uh, over here. Like I can get it now because of a wall. Is mm-hmm. I'm on right. the other side of the wall now. 
There was. But, and sometimes you can go through Sonic's uh, little dash uh, pieces, and you can travel between them without like oh, having mean... to worry about backtracking or restarting the level because you missed it the first go around. Which is why I wish more levels did, but only some of them do it. Do you, do you understand they... what I'm saying, by the way? I was a little confused by the dash pieces thing, but I think I get I, you. I don't know what to call them. This the breakable blocks that you dash through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I just I call them destructible walls when I was using notes. Yeah. Um, but like obviously that harkens back to Knuckles, which is weird. There was there was a stage in one of the later areas where, uh, if you try and find a collectible, you go down an alternate path. Uh, then you go into a different slingshot from the main path. Uh, oh, then, yeah, I know the level you're talking about. And then that section will slingshot you back to the previous area where you can diverge past. And I actually, because I'm a little silly, uh, I, I took that route a second time. And I was like, hey, wait, I've seen that rock before. <laughs> hey, wait, I've seen that rock before. Like, you can go from A to B, and that just takes you further down the level. Or you can go from A to C, and C is just a circle, and then it takes you back to A. Yeah. And you walked from A to C twice. <laughs> yes. Because I didn't realize what was happening until I was already, like, halfway through the next loop. Right. You were you were having a uh, Groundhog Day situation? I was like, wait, this area doesn't have any rings in it. Oh, I got all the rings. <laughs> that is funny, though. <laughs> um, but so, uh, so there's a speed-up button. Uh, you can homing attack, and you can also grapple along... Um, just, just grapple points? Like, they're well, just kind of floating in the air? Yeah, it's like the same thing that's been in a lot of different 2D platformers. If you jump up and there's a grabable point, you hit the grab button, and it will swing your character in a little arc, and then yeah. you pop off at the end, and you can go further. I think I think it's generally used pretty effectively, because your range for grappling is almost identical to your range of sight on the screen. Yeah. So it'll be like, you're, you're moving at a speed at which, like, you see... A grapple object and immediately hit the button and you're immediately grappling and then you're right past it and it just kind of feels good i also really like the way that enemies are handled in this game where many of them are just homing attack points basically yeah but some of them have these little barriers that you can only get through if you use the grapple so you have to be paying just enough attention to deal with them but they're still super efficient to take out yeah and you're completely welcome to go straight over them if you don't want to deal with them. Yeah, I find myself jumping over them most of the time. Yeah, and I don't think that's an issue. I think that's something that like a lot of the earlier Sonics tried to encourage as well, by like yeah. not rewarding you super heavily for killing enemies, so the point is actually to avoid them more than anything. Yeah. There is I actually do have a problem I, I have a problem with the homing attack in this game. Because sometimes I'll be like, Okay, I just gotta homing attack this dude. I just gotta like jump high enough, I guess, to homing attack. And by the way, you get you have a double jump. Um, and it just wouldn't let me homing attack him, and then he would just, like, walk into me and hurt me. I'd be so like, did, he's clearly in range. Did you find yourself, like, above the enemy's head directly? Uh, I, like, I was, like, at this, whenever this happened, I was always, like, level with the enemy in height when I, at my peak jump. Oh, okay, yeah, the way I experienced it was that you needed to be diagonal with the enemy to do homing attacks. Okay. Which yeah. makes complete sense to me in the game's engine. Yeah. It's just like the homing attack is not this bananas do whatever you want tool that it is in like the 3D Sonic games and some of the other entries. It's a very calculated thing that you need to be using as a movement option as opposed to just like the panic button. Okay. Yeah. 
it is very and, interesting, like how more precise you have to be with enemies now. Yeah, I, like, I kind of like. You can't it. just like spin jump; like it has to be a homing attack. And right, like Sonic doesn't spin at all when you hit just the jump button in this game. Oh he, yeah, he does right. like a front flip. And like you have to utilize other characters to act. Like Sonic is decent with attacking, but like. Tails has like a projectile that I never use. I guess I could. We should wait till we talk about the characters, my specific stuff. But like, but yeah, it's worth noting they each have slightly different tools for dealing with enemies. Right. Yeah. But there's also enemies that have like an electric shield that you have to press A to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the ones that you have to use the zip on or whatever. Yeah. And I wish I wish you could do it from the air, but you have to be basically at ground level to do it. I do think it'd be really cool if you could use the grapple. What is inner beam? That's what it's called. Inner yeah. beam. Yeah. If you could use the inner beam in the air to like pull enemies into you, like if Sonic did like a little spin animation and then just killed them like that. Yeah. Like you're talking about like enemies that aren't already like with a shield on. Yeah, like any enemy, but specifically those ones you have to use this ability on, and that ability just doesn't maintain speed as well as the homing attack does. I would like that a lot. It's yeah. just like a different combat option. Because sometimes they'll put a singular enemy on a platform, and I want to just be on that platform. So, like, it'd be fun to, you know, homing attack to hit that enemy to land on that platform, you know? Yeah. But sometimes they have enemies in areas that I don't necessarily want to be, but they're shooting at me. So I want to get rid of them, but still be where I'm at. And that would be where the scrapple beam would be super helpful, because then I can pull the enemy into me instead of having to move at all. Mm -hmm. And then continue to interact with the world the way I want to. And I, I think the bit is they want you to play as Tails for that. Because he has, sure. he has a long-ranged move. You are 100% correct. <laughs> well, and so uh, these stages have uh, five objectives uh, at the end, which you can actually look at your progress for uh, at any time using the bottom screen. But that does require not looking at the map anymore, so I don't do it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's I, I feel like it's more so something you would do like while you're at a standstill anyway. Yeah. So it's that's, not like you're running true. around and you're like, Oh, I want to know what I'm missing in the level. It's like you, you've stopped to think, have I already missed something? Do I need to go back or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so your your five objectives are clear the stage, uh, clear the stage with a certain amount of rings, clear the stage with uh, within a certain amount of time, uh, and then find all the shards and find all the blueprints. I do uh, think the order you explain those in is a little weird because it's not the order that you get things <laughs> assigned in. That's true. It's also... Not the order you complete those objectives in, either. No, for sure. You're definitely implied to be searching first, being more efficient later. Yeah. You are You are incentivized to replay stages, because the first time through you're exploring and you're trying to collect everything, and especially for the first couple stages, you're going to play them a couple times because you don't actually have every character. Uh, so once you unlock the characters, you need to go back and get the things you couldn't get. Yeah, you uh, get Knuckles in, like, the fourth stage, right? Yeah, um, I think I think it is actually first stage you play Sonic, second stage it's Sonic and Tails, third is Sonic Tails sticks, and then fourth you is don't get all you don't get sticks until after the third stage because okay. the fourth stage is racing That's sticks. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, but like, uh, so so you want to explore the entire environment, and that can take as much as fifteen minutes to clear a stage when you're doing full exploration. Yeah, even twenty sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then it'll be like, all right, now clear the stage in less than five minutes. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but actually, now that you've played the stage, you sort of know its layout. Uh, and you could just hold the speed button and not look for anything. Uh, well, and just go and, straight to the goal. 
And this is what felt like maybe the most Sonic-y thing to me, or at least good Sonic-y thing to me. Yeah. Is when whenever you're new to Sonic games, or even new to a particular Sonic game, you're going to end up like plotting around in levels sometimes, and it'll take more time than you want to. And in a lot of Sonic games, that feels like really aggravating, because you know that you're supposed to be able to do this very quickly, but you've been wasting 10 minutes in, like, Marble Garden Zone or whatever, and you're just getting angrier and angrier. Yeah. Whereas in this game, it, it feels like the game is telling you, hey, take your time, don't worry about it. And I personally didn't worry about it. I was like, oh, this is very fun to, like, poke around in each corner and see what kind of, like, crap is up here. And then by the time I got to the end, I had learned all of the mechanics that that stage was built around, mm -hmm. and then I was able to do it very quickly the second time I went through. You know, I definitely it, I stressed out at first because I was like, I'm not going to make time. And then, like, I looked at the, the time I spent. I was like, I was never going to make time. Uh, no way in hell. So I need to relax going forward. But someone, someone about the timer being on screen stressed me out. And I can't explain it because that's never been true for Sonic. Even when the timer literally kills you. Well, I feel the thing like is, it's about the placement. Because, like, it's at, like, the central top where it makes it feel a bit more urgent yeah, it's kind of like mean, how in the um, in like the timed levels in Sonic Adventure Two, it would be in like the bottom right and like flashing in warm colors. Yeah, but in like Sonic the Adventure timers 2, in like other Sonic games where it's in the top left, it's just kind of like it. It just seems more like a stat because it's in a HUD with like rings and other stats. Well, yeah, yeah, it seems like it doesn't fucking matter. Like it basically the way they present all of that information to you makes it seem like none of it matters because the score is up there, which no one like cares about until they're actually interested in playing the game competitively. And then the timer, which can go up to 10 minutes, is up there, so you already kind of don't care about it, because if you're spending 10 minutes in a stage, you're probably going to turn off the console before you get anywhere anyway. <laughs> and then, like, um, your ring count is up there, which after you hit 10 rings, the ring count doesn't matter. You know, unless, again, you're already at a point with the game where you've played it enough that you don't care about what's up there. Anyway. Whereas in this game, it's, a, like, significantly more pleasing to look at, so your eye's already drawn to it. Whereas, like, in the older Sonic games, it's just big, gross yellow numbers. <laughs> And then, like Charlie said, it's also in like the middle as opposed to the corner, so you know your eyes kind of dart there sometimes. But I don't think that there's actually any more weight put upon it than in other Sonic games. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. like you don't, you're not penalized for for taking a long time at all. The only thing is that you'll just need to play the stage a second time to get the time like goal. Right, but you, you know? were already going to need to do that anyway. Yeah, you'll probably need to play the stage like four or five times to get that time. In in any. In any, like, stage in which you are still looking for collectibles, you are not getting the time bonus that run. Yeah. And something about the ring bonus that's interesting is it's significantly more difficult to get the ring bonus your first time through because after you've collected some of the unique collectibles, they'll be switched with things like shields and rings, which <laughs> will boost your ring count higher than it could have ever even possibly gotten to your first playthrough. Yeah. And the shields will protect you when you take the odd hit here and there. Mm -hmm. I will say there's something that, that I don't know if either of you two experienced this. So when you take damage in this in this game, uh, the the game, like the the level warps you to the last stable platform you were on before you took damage. It doesn't warp. It very it, specifically drags you. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's mostly when you, like, enter a pit, though. Well, but well, but the thing is, is that, like, it's not just when you enter the pit. Every time you take damage, it does that, even if the distance between where you were and where you are is insignificant, right? I suppose I don't notice that with enemies because most times I, I get hit by them, it's on the ground level. 
So right. I've I've had this issue, especially like very early into my playing the game, where I would walk into uh, like a buzzsaw, and not a buzzsaw, but you know those rotating spike like cylinders, right? Yeah, yeah, a spike log, uh, and it would it warps you or it drags you back, and then it takes the rings from you, which isn't really that big of a deal. But then, uh, because it didn't register to me until I heard the sound effect that I got hit. Uh, I'm still holding the move button, so okay. I walk directly into the log immediately and then die. This happens to me exactly one time, but the reason it happened was not because I didn't realize I got hit. It was because I didn't press the jump button fast enough and I accidentally walked off the hole again. Like This has happened to me like it. four times. This is you being dumb. <laughs> you, should, the, you play enough video games that your reaction time to getting hit should be better than like half a second <laughs> you should know you also, to stop holding the forward button you also you don't have it. any iframes by the way that's not true you're completely invincible while you're being dragged yeah okay while you're being dragged you're invincible but like as soon as you have the ability to control your character you don't have any iframes so you can do what i do which is walk into an obstacle take damage not realize you've taken damage walk into the obstacle die <laughs> <laughs> i remember you that is whining about Sonic Boom <laughs> Rise of Lyric not killing you enough. Listen, I, I, and also, just to be clear, uh, the amount of times I've died in um, Shattered Crystal is is basically like, I died once because I'm not good at video games, and then four times because I'm actually really stupid and didn't realize I took damage. Uh, which <laughs> I guess I is that's... five times because I'm bad at video <laughs> yeah, games. <I> <laughs> There's a level late in the game where, like, it's a pool of water, but it's, like, completely level with the rest of the stage, so you don't even realize it's there, other than there's, like, an inner beam uh, swinger above you. Yeah. And there's, like, it's, like, a circular pool in, like, the foreground, so you kind of understand that it's wider than what you're standing on, but, like, you still don't quite understand because of like, how level it is. It functions like lava, but it looks like a surface that you might as well yeah. be able to be on. Honestly, yeah. the the ancient like ruin stage, which is like the last area, looks looks very much like uh, Sonic Generation Sky Sanctuary Zone. So I think that also threw me off because there's kind of those large circular platforms in that in classic Sky I, I Sanctuary. I think there's there's a bit of an issue with this game not convincing you that certain things are as scary as they actually are. Yeah. Like, this bit about Sonic being weak to water kind of pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, if he if he touches water even a little bit, you get dragged and take damage. Yeah, and I'm fine and with... And if Knuckles like, does it, and if Tails does it, and if Sticks does it. Yeah, but when are you going to be playing as them? <laughs> yeah, you have a Got point, him. but... <laughs> but, like, I, I do agree with you 100% that if these were spikes instead, or just bottomless bits, it would be a lot better. Yeah. I think that was the only actual issue I have with this game. I, I never found myself accidentally walking into something because I didn't realize I had been hit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just refer to you to my four deaths about that. <laughs> also, you it's actually it's for... actually pretty bad because one time I did it, I had like two hundred rings, so I collected some of the rings before I got hit a second time, and then lost them, and then continued to walk into the log and die. No. I, okay, you cannot blame this on the game. This is 100% your fault. Listen, that time, it was definitely my fault. But I think I think it's a problem the game has about, like, feedback. I don't think, like, 
I'm not necessarily upset that there's no iframes. I think it's something that I didn't anticipate, like I didn't accommodate You for. are invincible while being dragged. Steven, you have to understand that I don't count that. <laughs> but you need to, because that's iframes frequently occur when you don't have control of your character. But like, man, it's like when you get hit by when you get hit by spikes in Sonic One, and there's no iframes. Don't you dare! Don't, oh, okay. It's not. Ahead. It's not. Sorry. It's not nearly as bad, by the way, of the Sonic One experience of getting hit by spikes, and then like having your pain, like movement, launch you into spikes immediately so that you die. Like well, it's nowhere it, near as bad as that. That's a no input situation. The issue here is that the game is telling you to stop for a second and you refuse and just hold your thumb down like a fucking lead weight on the forward button. <laughs> I'm I I got my I got my like foot on the pedal, you know? I'm like, let's go, let's go. What's that? A wall of, of spikes? Let's hit it twice. <laughs> and Three then get times mad at for the game good measure. For it. I've got a question. Do you genuinely think this is a design flaw with the game? I mean, I think there are things like I think there are ways to improve it. And it's tricky because so I it definitely there was a reason that you lose your rings after you've recovered and not before. And that's to give you a better chance to recollect them. To collect them, Cause, yeah. Because they don't really go flying like they do in other games. They just kind of like they just kind of generate like in a in a pool around you, you know? Yeah. Um. And so, like, if you fall into a pit and then it warps you back, you don't want to warp with no rings, you know? So they wait until you're back before they make you lose the rings. Well, and it's also nice that you don't fall into a pit and immediately die like you did in the old Sonic game. That's and true. You don't fall into spikes and then have to scramble and figure out how to get out. You just fall into spikes and then they put you back where you had the challenge and then you get to try it again. And I, I do think, think that's extremely pleasant. It's, it's super elegant, too, because it doesn't feel jarring to me. I, I was kind of surprised by it the first time, but it wasn't like, yeah. ugh, my momentum went away. Because in all other Sonic games, when you land on spikes, you don't get to move until you hit the ground again, and then usually there's an animation for getting up. Yeah. Well, and actually, I, I think there's, there's a hidden genius to this, too, which I don't know how this actually plays out with the level design, but it is not possible to damage boost your way to an area you're not supposed to be. Yeah. It, it is possible to cheese it a little bit, I've found. Yeah. But you have to be very careful with the use of Sonic's movement tools, which just feels even more Metroidvania to me. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, that's 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 an issue that I had, which I guess neither of you two have ever had, so it might just be me suffering from dumb bitch syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. There'll be a cure someday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk about Sonic's gameplay. So you can play as four different people in this game. But for the most part, you're going to want to play as Sonic because his mobility options are significantly more versatile and the environment that you're in is largely designed for him. So Sonic in this game is able to like walk left and right and jump like normal. He also has a double jump, but the second jump is an incredibly short arc. So it's mostly just for helping you get a little more horizontal movement out of your jump. But you can also hit the... It's, is it the dash button? It's actually the separate, a separate button. Is yeah, it? it's, it's, it's the, the uh, spin dash button. Yeah. You can hit the spin dash button in midair, and this will tr cause Sonic to just shoot in the direction that you're aiming. And if you're not holding any direction, he'll just shoot straight forward. And you can use this to break obstacles, destroy enemies, but it's also just a pretty long like movement. So you can use it to traverse bottomless holes and stuff like that. And you can also do this straight upwards, 
so you can use it to get around some obstacles that you would expect like Tails or Knuckles to be for in, in previous Sonic games. Mm. And also, after every dash, you can double jump again. So you can jump, jump, dash, jump, dash, jump, dash, jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little silly. You can also dash straight downwards. So normally when you dash, you kind of like stay in place for a little bit and then you fall slowly. But if you dash so that you're straight above a speed platform and then dash down, you go like zip, zip, and then you're straight off running in into the next like set of obstacles. Yeah. So if you get really good at positioning these little dashes, you can go through levels incredibly fast. Oh, yeah. And the, the way that dashing works in terms of how many times you can do it is you get two horizontal dashes, and they could be in either direction or both in the same direction. You get one upwards dash, and as far as I can tell, you only get one downwards dash, and it always takes you straight to the ground, and you're not allowed to move outside of it. So if you manipulate this properly, you can get Sonic pretty high in the air. I've I've had more than one upwards dash, but it's always like after a certain amount of like hang time, I get my dash back. Are you sure you weren't thinking of when you homing attack an enemy or hit a spring? Uh, no, I've I've done like uh, a dash up and then a dash forward, and then I've fallen for a spell, and then I could dash up again. I am inclined not to believe you because I tested this quite extensively. Okay, I mean, but I if- could just be full of it. Like, that's, that's always something that I'm capable of being. If you have um, a level that you did this in, I would love to try and test it. <laughs> I don't have a specific level. I want to say it was in the second area. Actually, if it was in the second area, then there's only one level it could have been. Because that area only has one level. Yeah, it's just like the scrapyard? Is that? No, yeah. that's the name of the level, right? The name of the rather area that you're in? Is it the name of the area and the level? I don't, I don't know. I don't read the names of the levels anymore. It's the one where you get Knuckles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho, like, Sonic has a lot more air mobility than he normally does. And then, in addition to those things, you can still homing attack. And everyone can homing attack in this game. It's just jump and then jump again. And what I like about the double jump is that if your homing attack does whiff, you don't just plummet. You get a little double jump, so you can kind of, like, double back if you'd like to. Yeah. Or try and position yourself such that you can get a homing attack in. Because you can homing attack after double jumping. And other than that... You know, everyone can dash like we've already mentioned, and Sonic can do a spin dash still. And I didn't find myself using it very frequently, but it is helpful because it's, like, an incredibly fast way to attack and keep your momentum and not have to get vertical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I pretty much only ever spin dashed by accident when I meant to run. But there have been times that I, like, hit the run button, and I was like, I'm going to do what I do in other Sonic games where you hit a button to go fast, which is, it's a boost, and you just get to knock into enemies and damage them, and then I took damage. And I was like, that's on me. <laughs> I do feel like if we were playing this game to try and get the, the best times, we would more likely start using a spin dash more often. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think but that's probably true. I think we were all more focused on exploration. The spin dash isn't really an exploration tool, so we didn't give it as much use. Yeah. It can be used offensively, though. Yeah, for sure. It's very important for like maintaining speed and offense. But I think that about covers it for Sonic. Oh, I, the dash can be used to break through blocks as well, and yeah, it needs to be used sometimes. That's its main function. It, it's it's very this game is very similar to the other Sonic Boom where you there's like character specific things that are usually the color of the character. 
Yeah. I would disagree with Sonic's Dash's main function being breaking the blocks. Right. It's like, it's. I think it's turned into, a, like, the game, especially in the tutorial level, it, like, certainly promotes it as a mobility tool. But, yeah. like, I'm what I'm saying, I'm just saying that, like, it's a function, it has, like, a specific, it does something specific that, like, you it's, could not it's use like with Sonic's, another character. Yeah, it's Sonic's key feature that's unique. Yeah. Um, I, I just like it more than something like, you know, Amy's ability to triple jump being mostly relegated to, oh, there are these giant pink things that she can climb up to. I think this is a significantly better significantly better yeah. version of I mean, of the, a triple the ones jump. in Lines of Relic are really dumb. These ones are much better. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that, like, I'm going to use your favorite term, exploitability by design. Yeah. I love going through sections of the game without touching the ground where I can dash, oh, enter yeah. beam, homing attack. Yeah, and it like, feels almost like sometimes there's like a string of two ender beams, but you can if you time your jumping right, you can just skip one of them. I've, yeah, you can like dash right, dash up, and completely skip an ender beam. There yeah. are there are tons of sections in the game where like the game wants you to like use an ender beam or like do some complex like homing attacks or whatever. But if I approach that environment and I like hit the run button and then the jump button very quickly, I will just jump over all the obstacles. And then if I don't make it, I can jump again and then dash and we're good. Yeah, and I, I feel like that is exploitability by design in this case because they very clearly have an understanding of exactly the spaces they want you to be able to traverse at yeah. any given moment because they will place enemies that you can't avoid and interbeams that you need to use. So mm -hmm. they clearly know, you know the, the extent of what you're able to do. So it feels like they want you to exploit it to get past certain things. Yeah. And also also the, the racing levels, which we'll talk about, uh, literally are like you're spending the whole time running and then we're going to place rings in places where you should jump to get to like a, a faster place. So like they know how far you can jump when you're running. Yeah, they know your exact jump arc. And I feel like there are also, you know, actually go ahead and talk about the the races, and then I'll say this little bit that I have about them. Well, I should talk about the other characters first, I assume, correct? Oh, Before yeah. Sorry, I forgot that's how we organize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just was so excited to talk about the race. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Alright, so we've got Tails, and Tails kind of functions the same as in Rise of Lyric, where he, his, his, his flyability is more of a glide, and use that on wind turbines though on horizontal ones you can basically keep jumping infinitely as long as you're above the turbine you actually yeah, don't even have to jump column. it just stops your descent well yeah but you can ascend as yeah, well yeah you can like ascend jump. you can keep ascending on top of it though okay and it's, yeah. it's it's very important because like sometimes they don't give you as much they don't give they don't give you how do i phrase this sometimes you'll misjudge the gap because of how like fast tails descends without the turbine that you want to keep jumping like to the last moment as you can so that you can land on the next platform because sometimes you have to uh sometimes you might not make the jump if you're not careful yeah for sense. example the first um turbine that you can actually interact with i think it's like in the first level and you have to go back after you unlock tails um there's a ledge that you can get to on the right side of it and you have to turn left from the beginning of the stage to go and find it because it's like a little secret and you actually have to let tails float to the top and then do a double jump so that tails is actually above where the the turbine like ends yeah and then start going to the right yeah um and that's how you land and get that one blueprint or whatever 
he also has like a, I mentioned this before, he has like a, a, a bomb projectile move, but I've rarely used that, at, if at all. Because it like doesn't seem very bomb. precise. It's yeah, it's just like his his ring bombs and like Sonic Heroes and Sonic 06. It's just not very intuitive, but homing attack is just like a better way to attack anyway that I just forget about it. Well, the, the thing I mentioned is that sometimes you'll want to be on a spot still, but still destroy an enemy, and that's what this is really effective for. Yeah. But the problem is that you're so used to not changing to tails that you just homing attack and then try and, like, finagle your way back to where you were anyway instead of switching over to tails. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, I do wish the uh, switching between characters was more seamless like it was in Boom. Or, sorry, I keep calling it Boom, but it's uh, Rise of Lyric. Because in that case, switching characters was, like, so fast that I did it during combat all the time. It's, I mean, it's, it, it could be worse. Oh, for sure, for sure. You could be like, oh, you pick a character before you go into a level, and then you can't switch. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one way to increase the replayability of these levels. Tails can do one more thing. In, I think, I don't know if it's every level, it, almost every level, there's, like, a, a water tank that'll have like his tail symbol near and you can like once again unleash the sea fox i don't know if they actually call it the sea fox but like yeah it's, it's a tail themed submarine so it might as well be it does actually have like fox tails propelling it this time as opposed yeah. to like a mechanical something or other mm -hmm. uh and that just initiates a little mini game where like you destroy mines to get a blueprint and i think it's only blueprints i don't think you ever get crystal shards in them because i haven't encountered that yeah, that wasn't my experience either. But you, you navigate a maze to find it. You destroy mines, destroy blocks. You want to be careful not to bump into walls or get caught in the blast of the of the mines. Otherwise, you'll lose time. And if yeah, you like do fuel, lose basically. time, your submarine will explode and you will take damage unless you have a barrier. But the barrier will still... I mean, you're still taking damage regardless. It's enough of a penalty that there's a little bit of pressure, but it's not yeah. so bad that if you do end up running out of time, you feel, like, dumb or anything. Yeah, like. yeah. But and most of them seem pretty generous. Yeah, you, you you collect the item, you get to the exit, and you can tap the bottom screen to get a little radar. Yeah, it's like a sonar type thing almost. It's really it, it's, it's a neat little thing, but that's that's basically all Tails can do. Sticks, uh, she just throws her boomerang. It's just like uh, you navigate it to hit switches that deactivate these spinning spiked pillars. You do have to. There's a difference between just storing it and uh, navigating though, because that is when you hold the button down. Yeah, that's true. If you don't, it's just straight. But like, you'll you'll actually... have to navigate a lot, especially, and you might even use it to hit some enemies because there's some enemies that cling to the ceiling that you can't yeah, really Sonic hit with a homing attack. Yeah, yeah, I actually, I actually think Styx is the only one who can damage those enemies. I think, unless you no, can use Tails' projectile, no. you can upwards dash into them with Sonic because the dash okay. deals damage. But yeah, it's just never a less safe option. Form, though. I was gonna say I, you can't homing attack them. I know that. No. Yeah. Uh, the, can Tails throw explosives directly upwards? I think... I'm pretty sure he can only do it horizontally, but I guess I never really tried. Yeah, I think you're right, but I also never tried. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really all Sticks does. Uh, Knuckles, he digs at certain points. He, he's basically like Drill in Sonic Colors, yeah. where you can speed up a little and you have a time limit. Although I've never run out of time, so I don't know what happens. Uh, oh, I should take... also mention that Sticks Boomerang is also on a time limit. What what happens is exactly the same as whenever you take damage uh, anywhere else, where you just uh, get dragged back to where you were and then yeah. and then lose rings. 
It makes sense. I, it, it makes sense to them to do that instead of just like an insta kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he does that to get to different areas, and sometimes it'll take him out horizontally, or it's it's always like on the wall or on the floor, but mostly on the floor. Yeah, and you can never collect like rings, and there the are some bombs in there you have to avoid. Um, I think that's it for the digging. But Knuckles also he he just has like straight up melee attacks or X button, and those are also useful to for getting rid of the ceiling enemies. And that's like Sonic's spin dash button, right? What? X is Sonic's spin dash button, right? Yeah, yeah. and his dash. Okay, so like it's, that's everyone's. But you can attack. but you can use it in the air though is the thing. Like right, he's right. just he's just a wall muscle, which is also helpful because. There are certain enemies, and I think they're usually gold-plated, that take two hits, but Knuckles can take them down in one hit. Oh, thank God. That's so much better. I hate the enemies that <laughs> take two hits in Sonic <laughs> yeah. games, usually. I I'm glad Knuckles has that extra utility that uh, can help take down enemies, which is what you want from, like, a, a big character. Yeah. Yeah. Although, it makes sense for Knuckles. I kind of want to just make a mention about, like, the character models. Knuckles looks really weird, and his spikes on his gloves are, like, way too large. Yeah, they're like they're almost intersecting are... with each other, and it's really kind of gross. And everyone's proportions are a little different than their boom models. No one's legs are as long as they were in, in their Rise of Lyric models. And they didn't really model Sonic's like extra tiny spines. Yeah, they, they look and Sonic's shoes look a little different too. You can see more of the gold, and there are like less wraps on them. It, it seems like in general they tried to make the character designs like a little more toned down somehow. Yeah, if only for like graphical limitations i guess yeah there's Maybe. not really like enough uh space to see the tiny spine sonic has though right. incidentally the cutscenes for like a 3ds game are like much better than they were in like generations and lost world like they're still kind of visual novel style but they're still but they're much more expressive well yeah and they aren't like i don't know they're they're animated yeah you know, they're not just yeah. character images dragging across the screen they're fully animated cutscenes. they just have a lot more canned animations yeah mm -hmm. uh there is there is a problem with the animations which i have to mention uh which is that you can't speed up the text at all uh and sometimes the text will go like one one letter per second for like a two word like message which so, is well it's to match up with the animations i think it's, yes, that that is definitely true. It's frustrating though, because it'll be like, like uh, Sonic will be like, "Okay, Knuckles," but it'll be like, "O K A Y," and I'm like, "Come on." I think it happens more though, not with Sonic, but with like Tails when he's trying to explain something to Sonic and Sonic doesn't care, <laughs> which is the thing I kind of liked about it at a certain point, because it felt like Tails trying to lay something out for Sonic and him just not giving two shits. I don't know. I mean, it, it makes it hard for me to give two shits too, which I think is is not the emotional reaction you want in your cutscenes. I don't know. I actually never had a problem with it. I, I see where you're coming from, but the cutscenes are so short that I never got too bothered by it. It's not like the loading screens in 06 or like the loading screens in Unleashed where they genuinely break up the flow of the game. It's it's probably. I mean, like I would classify this as a nitpick, but it was like it it made cutscenes a chore sometimes. It was noteworthy for sure. Yeah. Uh, so are we ready to talk about the worm tunnels? Uh, yeah, so the worm tunnels are actually the best part of the game. Like, hands I down. I don't know. Dude, Sonic's air dashes are so cool. <laughs> so, worm tunnels are, are a section that I guess I might compare most closely to, like, 
Sonic Lost World. Se Knuckles like chaotics. Knuckles chaotics. <laughs> okay, Knuckles so chaotic. so longtime fans of the show slash longtime Sonic fans will be familiar with the Knuckles chaotic special stages, uh, <laughs> and it's pretty much that. Um, that, but you know, not slow. Yeah, yeah like it's actually it's extremely fast, and there's quick stepping. It just reminds uh, it just me like of a, Sonic Lost World. Like it, it feels version. like a, a phone game to me, more so than like Sonic Lost World. Yeah, I, it's I mean it's it's sort of like what if the lanes gameplay from from Sonic Colors and Sonic Unleashed was like improved, I guess. Well, and you you can't like maneuver separate from the lanes. This is a situation where there are eight spaces that you can inhabit. Yeah, and the only thing that you control is whether or not you're jumping, and there is a boost button. Yeah. And I, I should correct you, you can't jump, but you can use your inner beam to latch onto oh, to rails. Oh, you're right. You, you don't jump, but you avoid obstacles vertically using a button. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's, you dash it's through strange. the blue blocks at later levels. Which, by the way, I'm holding the dash button all the time. Are you yeah, guys doing Yeah, I know. That? It's so weird that they have like a prompt for it, but like yeah. I guess in case people were not realizing it, I guess. It's because... Like, uh, I mean, it's going to be easier for you to, like, get through the level without, like, screwing up if you're not boosting the whole time. But, like, come on. Right. I'm boosting all the time. Well, and we have a lot of experience with Sonic games where the whole bit is just, are you going, like, the right place? No? Then get there quick and start boosting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it it's very much like, there's no exploration. This is just testing your reaction time. And so it's sort of like the polar opposite of the the previous stages. And also They're the special stages of this game. Yeah, they I, yeah, I definitely much. consider them to be the special stages of the game. It would um, be cool if they all gave you like a special reward other than just an emblem and tokens for bonus objectives. Yeah. Yeah, like a blue crystal or something, or like a worm crystal. <laughs> <laughs> a worm crystal. You so these are the stages where you need a certain amount of emblems to unlock them. And this is true for, for main stages too, but I think the, the goals are generally higher for these stages. These are like the extra. Yeah. Uh, and you can get one emblem for clearing them, and then uh, you get tokens for clearing them within a, within a certain amount of time, and then for getting a certain amount of rings, which Basically I believe all the rings. Yeah, I believe it's actually all the rings. I yeah. don't think there yeah. is any margin for error, which, which I think is good. I I actually completely agree. I think it's I think it's cool that like one one stage one type of stage tests your uh like exploration and then and then sort of your your routing ability after that uh and then this stage tests purely your like your precision uh reflexes yeah like your reaction time and everything i i like that the game that this this section of the game specifically demands perfection uh, and only if you want to get all the tokens in the game, which is still already, like, maybe the least important collectible. For sure. So it's I definitely do... the most optional challenge is the most difficult, which I like as a system. Yeah. And I do think that this is probably the only Sonic game where I think it's acceptable for the special stage to necessitate perfection because of how convenient it actually is to grab everything. You never feel like you've been screwed by the game yeah. for missing one ring, you know? It's just like like rings will appear on the screen and then you either move towards the rings or you fail to do so and like that's it. Yeah. And you get plenty of time to see them coming. Yeah. And, and I also uh, just really like the animation of those stages. And I and I guess I could if I really wanted to get all the rings, I could release the boost button. I'm not right. going to. <laughs> you could just like play the thing twice, play it once for the speed like 
marker and then once for the ring marker. Yeah. Uh, and sort of the, I guess the, the narrative context of the worm tunnels, um, like this section of levels is that I guess you're, you're underground and there are giant mechanical worms that are trying to eat you and that's why you're going fast. But like, yeah. and, and, and then at the, at the end, end, you just, you just like jump right into a mechanical worm's mouth and then blow it up. And that's, that's how the level ends every time. I wonder if they're supposed to be ancient robots, but they look a little too modern, like by the standard of how the robots look and that, like maybe they're Eggman's robot. Because Eggman kind of appears in the game, at least as far as I've gotten. Yeah. But like, insofar as that because Metal Sonic is there, Eggman is there too. He might be like the surprise final boss or something. But that'd be interesting because that's like, that's like the opposite of uh, Rise of Lyric is like Eggman is just kind of some bullshit. I thought you were just going to say it like, like as the opposite of every other Sonic game, like Sonic Adventure onwards, where the surprise final like, boss isn't Eggman. Yeah, well, it's it, like surprise Eggman knows nothing. It, it yeah, it tends to be like Eggman is working with a thing that's way more powerful than him, and then one of them double crosses the other, and you fight Eggman first, and then the other thing second. Yeah, Lyric is just like a separate entity entirely. He's just way above Eggman's pay grade. Yeah, well, he's a thousand years older than Eggman. Well, yeah, so chaos. Some... <laughs> the god <laughs> of destruction. I, d- I forgot to make a, a a reference in our in our last episode about how like Eggman is just like Eggman is like it's just like the the prophecy foretold, and I was like it's just like the ancient bullshit uh, scripts prophesized. Yeah, it's from the <laughs> yeah. animation. It's from the animation. <laughs> you, you guys want to talk about the race stages? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. Sure, go ahead. Wait, first, thumbs up, thumbs down, worm tunnels. Uh, thumbs up, uh, thumbs, thumbs way up. up. Sure. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Am I talking about Charlie. the race stages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, your you name is the, next the to the part of the, the docket, docket where your name is next to the word race levels. Yeah. And and do you remember I that thought... time when I was making the docket where I was like, Charlie, do you want to take the race levels? And you were like, sure. <laughs> do you also remember the time where you gave yourself a perfect transition into the race levels? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Remember that time where I knew how to do everything in this podcast? Anyway, the race levels are Sonic Rivals, but better. Oh, so much better, and very Sonic Rivals. And, like, they're much more straightforward, and, like, they don't need to be complicated because it's just, like, a sub-part of the main game. But you you face various characters, like, in the... you You face Styx, then you face Shadow, then you face Metal Sonic... But it's just kind of like kind of testing your reaction skills. Like you can jump pretty early to like get a quicker route, and uh, Sonic dash blocks appear, so you can take those shortcuts that they can't. And it's not like it's not like Sonic R, where like the AI will realize, oh wait, this is a shortcut that opened up. Let me just use this now, and then you just yeah. hate everything. They're on like a set path of their own that yeah. ignores Sonic's unique abilities. Yeah, and like if and this is another thing where you can get like time and ring bonuses if you do it correctly. Um, but I don't know. I just I I was like surprised that I didn't hate it, and like I only lost one race, and I just realized, well, I can do better. It's not like there's a bunch of weird bullshit in the way like there was in the Rivals games. Yeah, there's no randomness to it. It's all just how good can you get through it. Though the AI does seem to rubber band a bit. I feel. Yeah, so, like, definitely. I, I definitely okay. noticed that. But it's like not that bad. Yeah, and I feel like if the AI didn't rubber band, they'd be kind of pointless because, like, this is something that I felt kind of weird about in Rivals where they can interact with you and you should feel rewarded for, like, leading the pack. 
Yeah. But like Isaiah mentioned in Rivals, there is one advantage to rubber band mechanics, which is that it, it makes it feel like you're always being pressured and it's always a race, and that's a good thing in this context because the opponent cannot interact with you physically, so they have to be interacting with you cosmetically, you know, to yeah. make it feel like they're worth being there. And I think I think so, it sort of it sort of evens out because like if you're really good at the game that you can rush through, they're going to be faster, so it's going to feel closer. And like if you start to slow down, then that's you sort of underperforming relative to how good you are. And you gotta you gotta be your best for the entirety, you know, in order to pass the test. I think in some ways it almost feels more like a side-scrolling level than anything else because you're basically setting the pace of the wall, but the wall happens to be in front of you sometimes, and it's a confused badger that thinks <laughs> that something lives under the ground and is going to destroy us all. Yeah. Oh, that confused badger. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny that the worms I don't think are ever referenced to in the cutscenes. No, I don't think they're ever acknowledged yeah, by there's the game. No, there's no narrative explanation for the worms at all. They really are just special stages. Yeah. Really good special stages. Yeah, super fun. I think honestly, I I kind of also think the race levels kind of bring out the best in the platforming mechanics of this game, because like I don't think I don't think there's a lot of like quote unquote difficulty in this game. I think um, I, I should let me let me rephrase that. There aren't really fail states in this game. Like you can take damage and you can die and then start from a checkpoint, but you're very rarely going to do that and I think that's okay because the difficulty comes from encountering a problem and sort of figuring it out and then the race yeah. levels are here's the version of the stage that has uh, a fail state which is you lose the race and, and the game in general does something I like a lot more about older or sorry like newer I guess Sonic games the Sonic games that came out later in in the cycle where it's a lot more about performing well, and you can always, like, eke out a win, but that just doesn't feel good because you got a low grade, or you didn't get the red rings, or you didn't do this or that, you know? And this game is all about, like, learning to do the thing better, and then getting yeah. rewarded for it if you do it perfectly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you got through the stage, but you didn't get, you didn't clear the stage with 250 rings in under six minutes. Right. <laughs> And I, I think that the collectibles in this game actually facilitate that better than they have in the past. Other than maybe Supersonic. Supersonic always feels like a strong reward for doing well. Yeah. But that's not an incremental reward. That's something you get for, like, perfecting the game. Yeah. But in this game, uh, the two collectibles that we've talked about on off and on are the blueprints uh, and the shattered crystals, I guess. Are they just called crystals the whole time? Crystal shards or crystals, yeah. This is Kirby okay. 64 now. <laughs> it is 2.5D, cringe. <laughs> um, so the crystals that you get, you're able to go to Styx's hideout? Is that what they call it? I think it's Styx's burrow. Burrow? Because she's yeah. a badger. It, yes, it is her burrow. So you can go there and sort of deposit them to, this, to the larger crystal as a whole that you'll at one point form. Yeah. And you see all of these little like lines down the crystal that form basically a jigsaw puzzle and each crystal you pick up is like a piece of that puzzle that you just put in there and you actually get to see this during loading screens so you yeah. can kind of see your progress through the whole game every time you enter a level and i like that a lot yeah, i i, really I like think that. that showing up during loading screens like instantly makes me care way more about it yeah 
and it's a nice color too. It's just this bright magenta, like giant diamond thing. It's mm -hmm. like very, very visible. And then the other in-level collectible that you can get is blueprint pieces. And I actually only ever completed one blueprint because like while I was playing through levels a lot, I was playing through them before I had all the characters, so I just couldn't go and get everything, but I was having too much fun on the beginning island to be bothered. Yeah. Um, so I'm only aware of what the first one does, which is it allows you to see the other blueprints on your minimap, which feels like a great reward to me because it just sort of facilitates getting more blueprints. So it's like, if you enjoyed this enough to go and get the first set, then we're going to make the next set even more engaging for you to go and get. Yeah. Sorry, I burped. <laughs> and I think that's a good way to handle rewards in games where, you know, they're designed to make it so that your favorite part of the game is more rewarding in and of itself. So yeah. I found I found the, the framing of it as blueprints um, led me to be confused at first because um, so so I went through stage one and then uh, I went through the next couple stages uh, and then I went back to stage one, and I think stage one you actually only need Sonic and Tails to get all the all the blueprints. Correct, and you only need Tails for one of them, I believe. Yeah, and so I got all of the blueprints for stage one before I got any blueprints for any other stage. Um, right. And so I was like, okay, I got six blueprints. I'm gonna go to Tails Workshop, and I need six blueprints to get the the radar upgrade. Okay, so every upgrade. <laughs> that, oh, I see. that specific stage is tied to that upgrade because yeah. you need six per upgrade and there are six per stage. And you would think that the six in the stage would be six pieces of the greater blueprint. Yeah, but actually each <laughs> no. piece of a blueprint could be a piece to any blueprint, which, fun <laughs> fact, is not how blueprints work. It's also, it, it's even weirder because... You would think like, oh, whatever, Isaiah, it's a video game, it doesn't matter. But when you go into Tails Workshop, you have to put the blueprint pieces together <laughs> to make the greater picture. Yeah. So they really should be related. You just do a Mario Party minigame. It's it's yeah. like it's a really, really small deal, but it was very confusing to me to be like, okay, well I got I got three puzzles. I got three puzzle pieces for this puzzle. And I got three puzzle pieces for that puzzle. Wait, no, I have six puzzle pieces for this puzzle. And zero for the other one. Hold on, yeah, this like, isn't well, how it works. <laughs> it did remind me of Jiggies from Banjo, where they're just, like, gold and shiny, and then when you slap them into a picture, they magically become the thing they need to be. Yeah. But that's, so like, that it... that's narratively framed as just something that Jiggies do. It's like magic, yeah. Yeah. Whereas that's, it's literally, a blueprint is a, is a piece of special paper <laughs> with drawings on it. To, yeah. to put it in the simplest terms possible. Like, there is no way that this can happen. You you really should... I don't know. It, and it kind of makes sense to have them be locked to specific stages, because that would encourage more exploration. I actually much prefer the current system. Like, I, I think it's, it's way better that, like... Hey, because... So the, the second map upgrade, by the way, is uh, shards appear on the map. Yeah. I figured it was something like that. Uh, and I don't know what the third map upgrade is, but you don't get it for a hot minute. I, I've gotten, like... I think I've only looked at one other upgrade, which I might have accidentally deactivated. I'm not sure. Do you have a limit to what upgrades you can use? Uh, I didn't see a menu. I where don't you think could turn so. Them on or off. Yeah, you okay. can. You can turn off your your upgrades. But there's not a limit. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of them, which I accidentally turned off, was like, whenever you hit a checkpoint, you get a barrier. Yeah. 
Oh, that's super helpful. Yeah, yeah it's it's really nice. That was I just got that right before uh, we started recording. Yeah. Yeah, I like this reward system a lot. Um, there's like two other collectibles we should talk about, which. Well, yeah, I was about to. Well, do you want to take the lead? Or you want me to? I mean, it is my segment. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be sassy. About if you it. would direct your eyes to the docket, Charlie. <laughs> well, I thought he just like led it, and then we would just uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain them, and you're welcome to say something about them if you'd okay. like to. <laughs> but yeah, the so the collectibles that you get in the levels are the blueprints and the shards. However, there are also two other items that you accrue, and these are the ones that you get as mission goals, basically. End level things. Yeah. So if you every every level that you complete, you automatically get an emblem. I don't know if they're are they actually called emblems. I just uh, call I them emblems because that's like the only thing. Yeah, I don't think they're actually referred to, to in text. Yeah, but they look similar to emblems we've had in previous Sonic games for similar accomplishments. Though they're more blue and than gold. Yeah. Well, they weren't. Aren't they like red in something? I guess it's like red. They kind of just look like the the ring around Sonic and like you know at the beginning of Sonic One and Sonic Two or whatever. Well, that's an adventure in Adventure Two, but aren't there emblems? Well, no. Or but it's got like the yellow. It's got like blue stars and a yellow ring with a blue outside. I don't know. Anywho, in, in this case, they do look blue, and they function, I, I believe, exclusively to get you into other levels, right? Yeah, like you'll be gate kept from certain levels if you don't have enough, and you know you basically get it for beating the level, getting all the blueprints, and then getting all the uh, crystal shards. So you can get three for regular levels, and then you get one each for beating. Um, like special stages, basically. Yeah, the worms and the races. Yeah, these these are essentially the exploration-based tasks. Yeah. They're like the things that are easier to get, but you need to focus a little bit more. Right. And then the alternative tasks, which are the, uh, the time limit that you have to be each stage and the ring count that you have to finish each stage with, these get you tokens, which you can spend at Quincy. Its name is just pronounced Quincy, right? Yeah, but it's like Q-N-C. Yeah. yeah, which is weird because that's not the naming convention for any other Sonic robot. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's Western from a different like I was gonna say hive mind. To be fair, he's built by somebody that has not showed up in Sonic until now. I mean, I think Cliff has always been in the background, waiting and watching. He's oh been pulling my. the strings. Yeah, Cliff is the Anywho. real villain of Sonic Two, but not Sonic Anywho. One. Cliff doesn't actually even show up in this game, does he? Uh, no, he's I just this is just some robot that runs a shop that's in every world, including the active volcano. <laughs> but he's like the Funky Kong, if you will, I think. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. Or, or maybe the uh, Swanky Kong. He, he also is like on the tutorial prompts. He's yeah, just he's just kind of holding his hands. That's what he did in Boom as well. He like occasionally told you how to do things. Yeah. But in this case, he has a gachapon machine, and it's one token for each capsule, and they just have little 3D models of things that you can open. Yeah, and the like, weirdest it's... fucking part is that the the first three are just logos for the game's developers. <laughs> yeah, it's just there. It, it's it like reminds me of the keychains you'd get in Kirby Triple Deluxe, but like. You're just getting them in order, so there's not like a rarity system. It's just like yeah. get the tokens and you'll get everything. But like I need to no complain special I, randomizer. I need to complain about the Gachapon like motif if you're just gonna Framing. get them in chronological order anyway. 
Well, I mean, it's his toy shop, so, like, it's not... The idea of a gachapon wasn't innately the randomness. Yeah. It was the idea of selling toys that kids could buy on their own without having to go to a counter. That's true, yeah. The randomness was, like, a discovered insidious evil. It wasn't innate <laughs> to the design initially. It just it just feels strange. And I understand that, like... And I know in an alternate reality where it was truly random, uh, my brain would be like, I'm stressed out about the idea of getting duplicates. Because you actually can, there's a there's a place in the game where you can get one free token per real life day. <laughs> yeah, Knuckles, so, dojo or something. So if like you can, gym or something. if you can get theoretically infinite amount of tokens in a randomized system, Isaiah, theoretically you can get duplicates. You're the only human being on the planet that is stressed out by the and idea I'm, of not being able to get like, I just, <laughs> I like how the right I, thing you want from the Gachapon and Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. In, in a game that, by the way, I'm never going to play again after today. Sorry, what were you saying? I am gonna, I am gonna, I want to beat this game. This I'm game invested enough awesome. to keep playing it. Um, but Steven, do you know what you have to do in like Knuckles Gym to get the token? Uh, no, actually, I never it's participated. It's just button mashing or tapping the yes! screen. I love it. Can't you also get them by uh, street passing? Uh, probably. This does have a street pass function like most 3DS games, but... Yeah, I think at the beginning menu it was like, do you want to get tokens by street passing? And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but no. <laughs> yeah, because the 3DS had like a 10-game a limit on street passes. So it was also like, no, I don't want to replace any of my games. Like, and also, I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> yeah, not right now. I'll and just like walk by only... your house with my 3DS. <laughs> just like press it up against his bedroom window. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just looks to he just looks out the window. He just sees a, a denim butt. I, <laughs> I, I, I you don't take like... it out of your pocket. You just slam your ass into his window. <laughs> so I was oh gonna say God. I imagine you slapping the 3DS against my window. Yeah, I was thinking you held it in your hand, but the idea of you doing like a hand plant and just pressing your ass cheeks against his <laughs> He's got the so 3DS much. in his back pocket, and instead of taking it out, he just... <laughs> I just give you a good old banana slammer. Oh my god. That's so stupid. <laughs> um, but I, I like the, the, the toy shop a lot, because I've always enjoyed the idea of getting, like, a 3D element as a little reward, and you can spin it around with your control stick. It's very nice. Yeah. It's and also, better. it's on the 3DS with the 3D function, so you can, like, it's yeah, not just, like, looking headache. at a model in any other game Oh, yeah. You can see it in 3D. It's using yeah, I, I 3D gimmick that. pretty minimally, but, like, at this point in the 3DS's life cycle, that's, like, all you really need anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a joke at this point. But yeah, I think they're, both of these rewards are significant enough that you feel, like, engaged, and then the in-level collectibles are engaging as well. So it's like, every step along the way, you're getting these little incremental, like, boosts, basically. Mm. And it's, it's just fun. I like the game a lot. Can we talk about how Amy gets kidnapped at the beginning of this game? Yeah, let's Oh, yeah, we, I forgot we were going to talk about that. Yeah, I, there wasn't a great spot for it, so I figured, unless it came up <laughs> organically, we'd just talk about it at the end. Yeah, let's do it. So, like, she... I, I like the way they characterize her as being competent, because clearly she's, like, the field investigator, where yeah. Tails is, like, the dude that works at the lab, and it's neat that she's both smart and resourceful, because she's got her hammer, and she's, like, 
exploring and everything. And she also puts up a fight against Lyric even better than Shadow the fucking Hedgehog does. <laughs> that is true. Shadow is like, what's this thing you're placing on me? And now I'm under your control. Yeah, and Amy's like, get that away from me. And she like has to like fight off a little bit. And then he sicks the goons on her. And that's when, you know, she gets mind controlled. Yeah. But also, why did, why did they have to remove Amy so they could add another female character? That was less competent. <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels very strange, and and I understand like they were like let's come up with a new Sonic character, and I gotta respect that. Yeah, and I like sticks a lot. Like I I would love if we got rid of Knuckles or Tails instead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and honestly, Tails makes more cool. sense because he's less resourceful. It's he's like weird. a child. Like, it, and I think this is just like a a, a societal problem, I guess. Oh, where for you only sure. need like one token female character. I mean, luckily, yeah, uh, you know, Styx made a pretty good impact on the series that she does become playable in at least the next Olympic Games. Okay. Oh, that's entry, I didn't know that. But I don't know if she appears in 2020. I'm just going to do a quick look at that, though. Yeah. And I'm definitely glad that they added Styx. I just wish we didn't have to, like, kill off Amy so that Styx <laughs> could, like, rise from the ashes, you know? Like, why yeah. not just have two playable female characters, for fuck's sake? Honestly, I feel like you can probably get rid of Knuckles and be fine. Because I think uh, Tails has the mobility thing in theory. I mean, but he's Knuckles not as glide. mobile as Sonic, very strangely, in this game. But Knuckles but... can glide! <laughs> That's true, but Sonic Boom Knuckles is too large to glide. But Sonic Boom Sonic can fucking fly! <laughs> the vertical space that Sonic Boom Sonic can cover is so astronomical that anything you have to say about power balancing is just out the fucking window. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's not like you're gonna play as anybody but Sonic anyway, so we might as well, like... Just gank Tails. Yeah. And, like, it could be cool if Tails was, like, constantly working on things while he was being held captive or something. Like, I mean, obviously they did brain, the brain control shit. Yeah. You know, but, like, if they hadn't gone the brain control route and he was just, like, captured, it'd be cool if he was, like, building you shit and secretly sneaking it out or something, you know? Yeah, I see that. Or, like, honestly, even if Tails was brain controlled, it makes more sense to want to control Tails' brain because he's fucking smart. <laughs> the, the other thing I will say is that I do like... The increase in competence a Amy has in this relative to the amount of competence she had in games when I was growing up. Yeah, like the only game where Amy is competent is Sonic Adventure. And even then, it's like she stumbles upon having to be competent. Yeah. Whereas in this game, she's like being outgoing and like, like working really hard towards meaningful objectives. Like Sonic Adventure, her whole character arc is about like reclaiming her own agency. And in Sonic Boom, she starts being like, yes, I have agency. Having agency is the best. I love it. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It's so weird, because I'm so proud of them for making her cool, and then they just fucking put her on a boat and she's gone. <laughs> they put her on a boat, that's exactly right. And I will also say about Styx, it, it seems like they were very, very close to going, like, the, the tribes person route with their design, like, the awful, like, <laughs> you know, you know that whole issue. Yeah. Like, just, like, making them have broken English and everything, and, like, having them like act like they have lived in the bushes their whole life and everything yeah but instead they went like a different kind of like this this person clearly isn't properly socialized but in a way that like makes it more fun i yeah. think like it's always fun to read what sticks has to say instead of being cringy 
it they I mean sticks kind of reads to me like a very excited child but instead of being a child they're like a conspiracy theorist she is like a she is it's really funny because when, when when like I first saw her design I'm like wait is that marine yeah I yes, also was like is that and marine? she kind of is like marine in the in the way that she's like a a child yeah like a childish add-on character yeah, yeah. but I mean she clear like I said, she clearly made impact uh, update. She is not in 2020 Olympics at all, but like in the Wii U version of 2016, she's like a guest character, which is like a, basically a boss character. Okay, right, like how she, Jet and the uh, like King Boo were in the first Winter one. Yeah, but I guess she's like an actual playable character in the 3DS version. So there you go. Of Fire and Ice or of the the 3DS oh. Olympic game. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously talk about that more when we... Well, we won't play it, talk about the 3DS version, obviously. I mean, we might brush over it. Well, we barely brush over We're We're gonna... We'll play it in a far future We acknowledge the, uh, Honestly, the Game Gear version of Sonic Spinball, so I think we're, you know... Our we're next Olympic Games video or uh, episode is gonna be, like, 30 seconds, and we're gonna be like, it's an Olympic game. They have events... <laughs> From what I understand, they do something really weird with uh, 2016 that's kind of dumb, but like I, like I said, weird. we'll get to it. Weird and dumb? I'm excited. The, my <laughs> point is that Styx has has made a, a profound impact on the series, at least as far as Sonic Team is considered, to like put them in like a what would, I guess, a main canon game. Like tertiary media besides yeah. Sonic Boom? Yeah. Did you guys know that Richard Jacques uh, did the the music for... Sonic Boom. The I'm not the, entirely surprised. He seems one? to be doing. He just seems to be like the Western Front of Sonic Team at this point in the music department. Yeah, uh, for all of the Sonic Booms, uh, Rise of Lyric, Shadow okay. Crystal, and Fire Nice. He's come a long way since Sonic R. Should Should we do thumbs? I mean, at some point, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Th thumbs up. Thumbs up. I. This is great. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I think I liked it the least out of the three of us. Uh, and I think that's just because I don't like exploration that much. Oh my god. Like, it's just, like, I, I think the How thing- How can is you be the one that suggested we play Metroid and then you shit on this game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Metroid is obviously better than this, but I just mean, like, the idea that you're like, I don't like exploration. Also, can we do, like, a full year of games that are known for being incredibly anxiety-inducing and very focused on exploration? <laughs> The duality of man? Meanwhile, you're anxious about getting a second Gachapon, <laughs> like, <laughs> model of the fucking San Saru or whatever. Look, <laughs> maybe maybe during our Metroid year, my mental health will be better, okay? <laughs> I just don't think you should blame this game for your mental health. <laughs> uh, but it's still a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, this gets three thumbs up. You should play this game. It's really fucking good. I sure I, I hope feel I like... don't get burned by the next game. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to put ice on that burn. Uh... All right. No, everybody, I, I this... everybody, no, freeze. Shut up. I have one thing. Everybody, clap your hands. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to tell you this. <laughs> Charlie, you actually shut up. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing I, I do want to say is that I think this game probably ends up living in the shadow of Rise of Lyric, which is incredibly unfortunate because yeah. I didn't experience any glitches with this game. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard that this game was better, but, like, I didn't know because no one wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it's like, it's not just better. It's good. 
Like, I mean, two, Sonic Boom, two Sonic Boom games come out at roughly the same time. One is way higher budget and very bad. And an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> and so, like, at that point you go, well, I'm not even going to think about the second one. You know? Yeah, it, God forbid the third one. <laughs> Which, like, I assume it's going to be even better, right? But, like, see, sure. but see, now it makes sense to me that the sequel was on the 3DS. That they were like, hey, the one that people actually liked, let's make a sequel to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys know the Sonic Boom franchise was called Sonic Toon in Japan? Uh, I actually, I actually did find that out last week. Who who revealed this news to you? Uh, the internet. Oh. I just I just stumbled upon that information when I was looking up Sonic Boom stuff. I guess technically it's called Sunny Kutoon. Yeah. But you know. Uh, the Sonic Boom series now has more games in it than the storybook series. That <laughs> that screwed up on like a totally new level. You know what? If if the next one is as good as this one, though, it doesn't make me mad. Yeah. There you go. Because like Sonic and the Secret Rings is like hot garbage. Yeah. So so <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at no spin dash zone. You can find us on email. Hold on. Let me let me let me <laughs> give that another take. Email us using <laughs> the email no spin dash zone at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I S I A H Games. You can find me at Charlie is Horse. Where I am sometimes a horse. On Twitter. You don't go to charlieishorse.com. I I don't. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I'll also be on a uh, new podcast. Oh, that's right. That uh, is being GM'd by. Well, it's an actual play podcast using the uh, Monster of the Week system. It's being GM'd by the same individual who GMs Isaiah's other podcast. And uh, I don't know what the release date is for that. So, <laughs> but that I'll that say should more be about it. That <laughs> should be on the Forgotten Eras, uh, like feed. podcast feed, yeah. Yeah. Which is the the feed that my show, Kingdom Hearts of Forgotten Era, my actual play show, is on. So uh, get excited for that. Oh, there is an official release date. It is January 29th. Oh, okay. The, the first episode. Very cool. So that will be in the past when this goes out. Yeah. So go ahead and check out the Broken Foundation wherever you get your podcasts. I play an old guy. I play a 70-year-old. Do you want to do you want to pitch the Broken Foundation? I think he's 70. It's a uh, so it is an actual play podcast using the uh, the system monster of the week and the idea behind it is that it's based around the uh, the SCP Foundation and that whole universe except in in this continuity that, that our fiction takes place in. We're focusing on the UIU and uh the SCP has, like, failed at its job, and a lot of anomalies are now occurring in, like, open air, basically. And the U.S. government is focusing more on trying to deal with that, and we're the goobers that they send out to deal with it. Isn't it, isn't it set in, like, the 1940s as well? 20s, yes. 1920s, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I happen to play an incredibly old man it, who it... has been working with the uiu for a while it sounds really interesting i can't wait to listen to it on january 29th 9th. uh it's uh every friday i i think it's every friday it might be every other friday i'm not exactly sure what the release situation is but all right this this upcoming friday or rather this previous friday because this will be coming out later all right uh <laughs> so without further ado uh spin you later yeah um block by a lot of tongue now, a lot of tail later.
Good night. <laughs> are we gonna, gonna be your Mario Party outro? Are we gonna continue Wah! doing this when we do Mario Party? <laughs> Wah! It's just gonna be the outro. No, it's gonna be your superstar.